because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> it's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, Brent Porcio here on another Baseball Ops podcast. This is going to be a good one. I have the, I don't know how to introduce you, Chris, the famous, or shall we say infamous, Chris O'Leary. I, I think either is appropriate, depending <laughs> on the day of the week. Yeah, I know, man. It's your reputation is is good, and, and you know it goes both ways. Kind of like me. Some people like us, some people hate us. <laughs> well, the the greatest compliment that I've got recently was from a local St. Louis reporter who said, uh, "quote He is not a quack." Oh, good. <laughs> and that's, that's like the I'll, strongest I'll take thing. It. <laughs> I know exactly. That's the strongest thing anyone said about me. And it's certainly a lot better than what Passon said in his book about me. Yeah, I know. Um, well, let's talk about history. Um, just talk about, I mean, you're, you're right there with the pioneers of specifically getting this onto the internet. So talk about like why you started coaching online, like what was the purpose and how it grew and built and just what it was like back then. Yeah. So I started back in 2005 or so, uh, just as a coach and, I screwed up my shoulder when I was a kid. I didn't want what happened to me to happen to my kids. Uh, and my older son started out being a pitcher and was quite good. And I didn't want him to get hurt. And I didn't understand why I got hurt. So that made me kind of aware of the issues. And I started researching some of them. And then his, we started a kind of a select team. Uh, in St. Louis, there's no travel. It's just all select. Mm -hmm. We started a select team, and in the first game, I pitched like seven guys just to see who was any good. Uh, and then one of the guys just threw one inning but struck everybody out, and he had this ball that could just like – it just dove onto the plate. It looked like Brad Lidge. Mm -hmm. uh, so I asked him to start the second game because he was the best thrower of anyone. And he's like, I would, but the inside of – this bump on the inside of my elbow really hurts. Uh, so that, right, you know, that was a major red flag. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew that it was bad. So that got me reading everything that I could. And then as I read stuff, I started realizing everybody was disagreeing with each other. And some of the studies said stuff that didn't make any sense. So then I started doing my own research, uh, got into Mike Marshall's stuff because he talked a good game. But the more I dug into his stuff, I started realizing there were, there were holes in his arguments. So I just kind of dove all the way into the research and then just started, you know, comparing and contrasting. My background is troubleshooting. And one of my, the big things I do is just kind of compare and contrast. So mm -hmm. I was comparing and contrasting Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood versus, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Greg Maddox and Nolan Ryan and Tom Seaver. And then Justin Verlander came into the league. And, you know, this is all using tiny little 240 by 240 pixel video clips but even in those you could see you know i've got a clip of verlander in old dominion and i could just see that he was moving very differently than prior was and i've just kind of gone crazy on that you know ever since and you you i think you started am i wrong you started like the gif 
using those animated gifs with baseball players like you're probably one of the first guys doing that right I was one of the first, kind of my contribution, Paul Nyman did a lot of that. Okay. Uh, my contribution was I did stuff at a higher resolution, and then I created uh, my flipbooks, which is basically just a way of allowing you to go forward and backward through a GIF. Right. You know, you can just, I would just spread a GIF across a PDF document so then people could go forward and backward through it. And then it, it worked. Obviously, it grew for you because you eventually started grabbing attention of higher-end clients i mean you started getting minor league major league guys did that happen pretty quick or just as your popularity grew online yeah i uh andres torres was the first guy who called me he called me in like may of 2008 he was kind of on his way out of baseball he was a hitter uh ended up playing he had been with the cubs for a while and nothing had really worked and then he stumbled across my stuff on Pujols. i actually i got out of the pitching stuff for a while because it was just so frustrating and so stupid and yeah. tom house was you know just kind of bashing me and for stupid reasons uh, so then i got into the hitting stuff and started working with torres and uh, ended up working more with with hitters and i continue to do more of my work with with hitters but you know, I'm interested in the pitching stuff because the stakes are higher in terms of injuries. You know, pitch hitter injuries aren't that big of a deal. You've got some lower body stuff, but you know, pitchers are a much bigger issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. And then that grew. I mean, you, I mean, your clientele has grown since then. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of minor leaguers. I've had some issue. The the Jeff Passan books, which came out, you know, in January 16, hasn't helped any. It's certainly hurt my business. Wow. Uh, I've wondered about, yeah. you know, what what can I do about that from yeah. a legal standpoint? It's difficult. But uh, right. I've been working with a fair number of major leaguers, minor leaguers, and then college guys, just, you know, just figuring out how to explain this stuff to people. And I've actually been getting back into the pitchers, trying to answer the question of, uh, what do you do if a guy's got an inverted W or some other problematic arm action? How do you get him healthy or, you know, how do you help him help him stay healthy? Yeah. And I think that's where you and I could talk for ages, but I'm going to leave that for another podcast. Right, but right. talk about so in that quest or in your growth and in your experience and in, in doing this for so long and, and seeing how the industry's evolved and stuff like you what I've recently fallen into with this lawsuit with Trevor Bauer due to him, you know, stating I'm using his likeness, damaging his image through my analysis of him. You've had experience with this before, haven't you? Yeah, I had my own. One of the guys that I've worked with was Tommy Pham. Uh, he approached me in 2010, Tommy Pham of the Cardinals. He approached me in 2010 and asked for help. And over the years, has kind of come back at me a few times with that. And then at some point we, but my basic deal with minor leaguers, you probably do something similar is minor leaguers don't have any money. You know, yeah, they're making right. $2,500 a month. Right. Whereas a major league guy is making $2,500 a day. Mm -hmm. So my deal with minor leaguers is you don't owe me anything as long as you're in the minor leagues. But when you make it to the big leagues, then I expect you to start paying me because you're making real money. Mm -hmm. And, so in, I was helping him through 15, and then he got to the point where he put up just kind of ridiculous numbers in, in a 10-day period, put up something like one win above replacement, $8 million worth of value in a 10-day period. So then I came back to him and said, okay, you know, it's time to start. We need to 
start reciprocating. I need I need money or I need endorsements or anything. And he wasn't willing to do that. And our relationship became fairly strained past that point to the point where about a year and a half ago, he sent me a cease and desist letter saying, I don't want you talking about me or our relationship at all. Uh, and I, I ended up talking to some lawyers about that. And they said, well, he can he can try to say that. But because you have an, a pre-existing business relationship, you can talk about your work with him as long as you do it within these certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've I've continued to do that. I'm I'm careful about it, and I don't want to antagonize him. But you know, it's frustrating. And there's the general principle of you know for for 15 or 20 years, you know I'm nobody. My whole the whole basis of my knowledge, and the same the same thing is true of Paul Nyman. You know you can't use. I don't care what how I throw. Nyman doesn't care how he throws. So for 15 or 20 years, the standard of practice has been: let's take these gifs of major leaguers, use those for our analyses. And generally speaking, Major League Baseball has let that go as long as you perform some an analytical analysis purpose on those video clips. You know they've. As long as you're analyzing those video clips, I've never been hassled by anything about that. There's a guy, some of the clip farms where they just post clips up, you know, that's there's a guy named Siggy who had a problem with that about 10 years or so ago. But the standard of practice is, and the standard of enforcement is that as long as you're using those clips within the, the standpoint of analysis, you're good, and you don't even have to have a you don't even have to have a relationship with that player. You know, I'm sure you know Mark Pryor has been irritated by, by some of the things I've said, or some pitchers have been irritated by it. But you know, nobody's ever been able to do anything about it because you know I'm just I'm I'm analyzing things under the fair use standard. So I mean, that's like how do we, how did we get here? I feel like we got here because we wanted to put ourselves out there. Is everybody? says to me like you know you you put yourself out there yeah i'm fine with it i'm not like crying over this i mean this is fine i mean just the business i get it i just want to make sure we come out with a good you know decision for everybody or or you know that everyone you know we that we all can have a place in this i think that's what i would appreciate can i have a place in this just like i think you would appreciate that but what's causing it to where there's so much so much backlash i've i i think personally what we're dealing with is, is kids, even at the major league level, to be honest, they're young and, you know, they're having a hard time. They're dealing with a lot of stress. And, and I, you know, I, I'm not really upset even with Trevor Bauer. He's young. He's 27. Like, I mean, I think he's right. making some bad decisions, but he's still going to he's got a long lot of life to learn what mistakes he's making. And, and he deserves that. Right. And I understand, you know, where he's coming from in, in certain aspects of it. But but the point is, is I, I think there needs to be a bigger entity behind this. I think Major League Baseball is dropping the ball in this is what I'm trying to say. I think Major League Baseball, since I believe they probably own most of their rights, should right. be coming out saying, look, guys, we can't be having this. We need to allow these coaches to educate and use your image. They're helping They're helping grow the game as far as kids are learning how to do this game. Maybe they're learning it differently or way you don't agree with, but it's helping bring attention to the skill of the game. And these coaches have a place. I just don't you feel like it needs to be something like that? Because if we just sit here and just keep playing this game, it really is just a bunch of kids getting upset and, and, you know, using their persuasion through Major League Baseball to try to crush us. No, absolutely. And the fact is that 
analyzing players, teaching people by analyzing players is something that was going on well before we were doing it. Exactly. It was, it was doing it. It was being done in book form 50 years ago and I've got those books and yeah, you know, that's, that's what inspired my flip books was it was just an easier way of doing kind right. of a frame by frame analysis. And then it shifted to the GIF kind of level. And the, the fact is that I have not been, I've been doing this for 10, 12 years and have never been hassled for it. I believe because I don't just put forth a clip farm. I, put all my clips forward in terms of an analysis and people say I'm attacking people and I'm not, this isn't personal, you know, right. I'm not, I don't, you, you know, I care about Mark Pryor and I feel for him as a person. Uh, and I hate what he's going through. And all I'm trying to do is just keep what happened to him from happening to someone else. But, you know, the president, the precedent has been for the past 10 years, uh, that as long as you do things in the context of analysis, you are, you sure seem to be protected under the fair use statute. You know, I've never had anyone come after me with any sort of claim uh, in it, but it would be nice. As you said, let's, let's, let's codify this. Let's set a precedent so that coaches, you, me, whoever can understand what the limits are, what the protections are. And I agree that MLB, you know, they, they should, it'd be nice if they would take the lead on this. I understand the, the concerns of the players association, but, there has to be i mean they've allowed this to happen for 50 years uh why now you know why now are things being things being cracked why are crackdowns happening uh and why is it being driven at the player level rather than at the mlb level yeah and and not to be i don't want to get into legalities because i don't yeah (laughs) i don't have the education on on behind that that's why i've i have lawyers but You know, you, you know, we well, a lot of us who know a little bit of the law know that parody is a way around a lot of this. Like, if I was right. making fun of Trevor Bauer, <laughs> I would be covered. I don't understand why education, even in a commercial business, can't be protected. Like, if you can prove you're educating, how can that? Why would that not be a protection? Like with parody, when you're making fun of something. Well, and it and it very well may be. I just don't think there's been a ruling, uh, a formal ruling in terms of that. You know, anybody can sue anything, anybody for anything. Uh, just because right. you can file a suit doesn't mean that you're going to win it. But it would be nice if some policy existed to make it more clear. You know what the limits are. You know what 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 control a player has over their image and what context. I I understand. You know, if you're going to use a player's image in an advertising standpoint and something that might be come across as an endorsement, then that's, you know, the player has the control over that. But if it's just pure analysis, you know, I, right. I don't, well, that's what I'm having to defend. So what I, I know what they're going to have for me is, um, in my sales material, I'm talking about how I break down pictures and I'm showing pictures of those pictures that are, and, and examples of how I break them down. And then you go into a small portion of my program that you buy and there's snippets of those breakdowns, and it's just a small right. portion of it. And but it's no different in any way of the free content I put online. It's the same thing. It's just an analysis of a player, and it's just saying they're good examples of. Typically, it's me saying these are good examples of what we're I'm trying to teach you here, here, and here, because I do have pictures of me in there. I do have pictures of my career in there, but I like it doesn't. 
it would be ignorant to just say, hey, look, I, I'm doing it well. Look at me. I like to use a lot of examples so they can see all different types of people using it. And I've attempted to reach out to a lot of these guys. Most of them don't they respond at all to me. Right. You know? No, and well, and, and like I said, people have been doing those kinds of analyses, in some cases, side by side analyses for ever. <laughs> 50, you know, 50 years, 75 years, you know, taking movie clips and printing those in books. Uh, some of the stuff we're doing is, is newer, but it's hardly unprecedented. So why, why now is it suddenly becoming a, an issue? Yeah, and, and I think there's more to it than that. I think it, it goes into uh, my issues with, obviously, who Trevor Bauer is associated with. And I don't want to get into that. But, right. but I think that's something that's going to be hard for him to, to play in court because there is a strong and, you know, relationship between a competitor and him. And, I mean, I, my competitor and him. Um, right. But so how do how do we um, I mean, how do how do we protect ourselves from this? Like when you when you see this and you've, you know, happening to me and like you said, it's happened to you. Like, what do we do? Like, what would you advise we do as coaches to protect ourselves from this? I mean, because I don't like the mentality that I'm getting is, hey, just stop talking about Major League Baseball players. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. No, it's that would be counterproductive that would go against the game you know i'm i'm going to i would like to talk about justin verlander all day long because i believe that he's a guy that people should be copying and people right. have been doing that for years so you know what's different what's suddenly different about today uh it would be you know i'm sure i well i know for a fact because they've contacted me there are there there are baseball fans who are lawyers and also some of whom are constitutional lawyers who could assist with this process and who have you know have assisted me in some ways uh but it would be nice to be able to get some clarity on this especially when you're dealing with you know coaches many of whom are volunteers and are just doing this for for their players or for the sake of fun uh it's it's definitely it's it, it, it's made me uncomfortable. You know, when I've when I've put out my DVDs, people will say your production quality is really low, and I, it's because I just don't I don't want to get sued. You know, yeah, right. I don't I don't know where the line is. I'm a little well, more aggressive with that line. That's the but, problem, Chris. Like there is no line. There's no rules here. It's the wild west. Like right. how is it still the wild west? Like can we get a common core of understanding of how we are to follow these rules? <laughs> Well, and you would hope that as long as we're doing what's been done for an extended period of time, you know, the fact that MLB won't hassle you or won't object if you're doing things in the context of analysis, you would think that has set a precedent and, you know, gives us some guidance. But, you know, we we definitely need some help in terms of the you know, formalizing these rules and, and helping coaches on, you know, who helping people who want to innovate in this area, understand what is permissible because what this is doing is it's squelching innovation because, you know, I can share stuff with my clients, but it's, it's starting to get scary to share stuff on, you know, on the internet. Yeah. It's like, um, the other, like I did my camp the other day and I'm, up on the board, I'm playing video and, and same thing. I'm going, okay, well, look at this picture doing what we're trying right. to do. Look at this picture. And it's like, well, that's private. But what if someone fires off a cell phone, you know, and puts streams me on Instagram while I'm not paying attention? You know, it, that, that's the that's the thing here. Is I, like, they could say, well, you do it privately. But now today with these kids popping their phones up all the time, do I have to literally do like a metal detector and 
not allow them to well, bring their phones in, you know? Yeah, and, and to your point, I think this is in MLB's interest to help us in terms of clarifying things uh, because I think what we are doing is, you know, I'm totally self-interested in this, but I think what we're doing is is driving interest in the game and helping to grow the game, and it would be nice if MLB would you know, would back us up in that, in that respect. Uh, yeah. And I think, but I think they got a lot bigger problems. I mean, I already saw the news <laughs> that their attendance is down. Right. And you know, the MLBPA, I think is that we've been hearing them talking about striking. And I mean, so I think they got a lot bigger problems. I think that's why they're probably not dealing with it. Cause this is a way down on their, on their to do list. But I think this could help. This could help when it comes to growing the game, because one, you know, one of the problems, you know, simply is, is just the cost of this stuff. And I, I appreciate it and I like that you put stuff out for free uh, because that helps people. And I try to do the same myself. Yeah. You know, that helps people who don't have the money to afford stuff. And, and right. believe me, I've, I've run into the cost stuff myself with, with my own kids. You know, my son played select soccer and select baseball and we reached the point where we had to choose because it was just too expensive and he chose soccer yeah. and got priced out of baseball. No, I get it all the time. I get the DM, hey, I don't have enough money to afford your program. What should I do? And I said, well, watch my 2,500 videos on YouTube because right. that's pretty much my content. I'm like, and that's why I put it out. I've also had guys call me up and go, you know, I had a lot of success with you and I never bought anything. And, you know, I, kudos to that. Because the point is there's enough money to go around for everyone. If I right. really wanted to be a multi-gazillionaire, I wouldn't have gone into coaching. <laughs> right. No, I can, I can agree with that. <laughs> So and and I got into coaching for the same reason. I got those, you know, I put out stuff for free. You know, Torres approached me and he's like, "Hey, you know, this stuff makes sense." And suddenly he gets, he gets a ring with the Giants in 2010, and and I'm like, "Huh, I wonder, wonder if I could start charging people for this." But you know, I still put a lot of stuff out there for free just for for the for the health and for the sake of the game and for the people who can't afford it. You know, okay. I spent two years working at Harris Stowe with a lot of guys who didn't have a whole lot of financial resources and th th my concern is that these kinds of things could hurt those people ultimately the people who can least afford it exactly and, and i mean that's i think you know i tell you the truth i learned from you man i mean i i, no, I came up watching you and i mean i'm 41 i don't know how old you are i don't want i don't want to age you but I came up watching you, and you inspired me to do a lot. I mean, you and all the other guys, but you were definitely in there inspiring me. So, right, no, and it's you know, and that's and that's the way it should be. You know, people, that's that's just the way life goes, and that's the way innovation goes. You know, I'm inspired by you, but then I think this could make a little more sense, so I'm going to build on that. But but the foundation really needs to be the clips of these players, uh, so that so that we've got a strong foundation instead of just drawing stick figures or, or God forbid, you know, I I'm forced to base my analysis on how I move and nobody wants that. That's not good for the game. Yeah. No, you know, well, I, the funniest thing is I post, I post my, cause I still do it. I post me doing my drills and the one right. that went the most viral was the one I did. And I kind of fell over at the end and they just tore me apart <laughs> for falling well, over, but I'm laughing cause I'm 40 years old doing this. stuff. <laughs> no, I, I was, I, I'm, I've done the same. There's, there are clips of me out there, but at some point you just have to say, you know, screw it. The haters are going to hate, uh, you know, just let's, let's focus on the guys who say thank you for doing that rather than the guys who hate on you. Chris, you won't, you won't believe this. Guess who just DM'd me right now? <laughs> Jeff Passan. <laughs> My favorite. I, he's, 
He's literally my favorite person in the world. Yeah, I know. So you just he says he wants to talk to me about this. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, if he can if he can help, just don't tell him that I'm going to be involved in this because he... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is, man. And like, you know what? I've never really had a conversation with you. You seem like a really really nice guy. I, well, I don't know why I, I you try, have so I much hate. Well, the, the biggest thing is, you know, I quote unquote never played. You know, I played yeah. obsessively through high school. I, like I said, I screwed up my shoulders, so that just kind of took me off track. But, you know, I've been obsessive about baseball and, you know, well, just trying to yeah. share that passion well, why with you, other people. Well, why do you think it's gone so negative? You, I mean, like, you know, my competitors like to say, oh, you're going to associate yourself with Chris O'Leary. Like, that's the worst thing in the world. I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, what, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> well, a lot of it, I think, is because I don't know my place. You know, there's... Well, what is your place? They do that to me. Stay in your lane. What is our lane? Well, I mean, that that's just the standard. That's the I, I actually one of my interests is innovation. And I, I've learned a lot about innovation through this experience, you know, in terms of people trying to shut you down and what they will say to you. There's some really big innovation books. And one of the things that they've helped me with that I didn't understand was just how much crap you're going to take if you try to do something different. And that's especially the case in baseball. And I, I tweeted about this a while ago. Is there any sport in which thinking is punished more harshly for a player than baseball? Right. You know, it, as, a, as a pitcher, I don't know of it. Is there, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, you know, as a pitcher, the only thing I tell a player in a, in, you know, as soon as we get in season, it's just look at the glove, look at the glove, look at the glove. Yeah. You know, it hitting, it's just see the ball, see the ball, see the ball. And I think that, th that anti-intellectualism, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to systematize and intellectualize some of this stuff. And that doesn't work when you're playing the game. So people assume that that doesn't work in any context. But, you know, sometimes it makes sense to step back and be a little more analytical. And I think that's what we're bringing to things. And that that analytical thing, a lot of people know that just, you know, that, that will just backfire in the context Well, of I guess because it looks to people when you're analytical, and I get it, I understand it. I mean, it does look that way. But it looks to people that you're being snooty and you're trying to tell right. them how to do it better. And you are, <laughs> but you're also, like me, I, I, I you know, I, I cowered, I don't say I cowered down, I mean, but I give total respect, I bow to Major League Ball players because to me, I tried, I made an effort to be that and didn't happen. And I honor those guys because I know how incredibly – talented they are to accomplish that you know oh it's incredible the stuff that they're able to do in terms of controlling their emotions their heart rates you know yeah. i had the yips and the yips just killed me yeah you know i don't know how how do you how do you not you know it's the the bottom of the ninth inning in the world series and how do you not you know throw that ball to the back exactly like i never forget watching remember watching brian wilson close the giants world <laughs> series like like not like it didn't even bother him i'm like right. how That's is he doing that that's that's an incredible skill. But what people need to understand is I, I revere you for that. That's amazing that you can do that. Yeah. But, you know, the fact is that Brian Wilson, you know, he had two or three good years and then his elbow blew up. And I'm just I'm interested in why his yeah, elbow blew up. Right. Why did he, why was he only good for, for you know, yeah. three years or so instead of 10 or 15? I guess and that's a, just kind yeah. of natural curiosity. I think we've I think we're, we, we're taking a. We take a mentor position. I mean, I feel like a dad. I mean, like, you know, when we criticize our kids and then they stick their tongues out at us. But we know that they don't like us for that, but it's it was 
the best thing for them. I feel like that's what we're doing. Like when I get up there and I criticize the pitcher, I'm like, he's sticking his tongue at me right now. But right. I know I'm actually trying to help him. <laughs> well, and it's funny. I had an interaction. So I, I've worked at Harris Stowe for a couple of years, parts of 16 and 17. And I wasn't necessarily the most popular guy. Uh, but I ended up running into a player a couple of weeks ago at a Cardinals game. And, and this is a guy who'd come after me on Twitter a couple of times about, you know, we didn't need your help and you didn't help anything and you just kind of took pictures. But the interesting thing was at the game, he's like, well, you know, people were kind of harsh on you, but the fact is that, you know, Dylan hit 450 and Leo hit 400 and, you know, and, and they didn't do that well this year when I wasn't involved with the program. And he's like, you know, I really, I really appreciate how analytical you were. And it was nice to see a player get that and appreciate it. And, uh, but the fact is that, you know, 95% of the team still thinks I'm an idiot. Yeah. And thinks they're better than me. Yeah. But, but you got, you got to focus on the five or 10% or the 20% who see the value rather than the guys who don't. Yeah. And, and, and I've had those reactions too. I was lucky enough to have Chris Medlin just watch the video on, I did on my little YouTube show and his wife told him to come in here. He comes in here and the guy was literally going to retire and he said, okay, I won't retire. And then he got, you know, he didn't do that great, but we got him all the way back to the bigs. We got him healthy. That was the coolest part. That's what that was our goal. And and he, I mean, we're, we're close friends now. But then, Coda and that's and, but that's what you have to do to be successful is you have to change. And yeah. you're telling these people, okay, you got to make this change, or you know, you have yeah. to, you have to do something differently. And that's not, that's analysis. That's not criticism. But the problem is, is that, and I hate to talk about the millennials, but I see some of it. <laughs> I, I worked, I worked with a bunch of high school guys last summer, and. <laughs> They're just some things you have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like some of these guys didn't know how to crow hop. So they would fly, they would try to make throws to third base from right field and they were flying open and they didn't know how to crow hop. And I would tell them how to do a crow hop and that they weren't doing it right. And they would look at me like I had just stabbed them. Yeah. And then they go, no. you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can't do it that well, but yeah. this is what you got to do. Right. You know, and people have to understand that analysis isn't necessarily criticism and constructive criticism doesn't mean that I hate you a lot. This is dad, you know, dad kind of stuff and people push back on the dad kind of stuff. And to a degree, baseball players are kind of overgrown third graders or fourth graders and no third or fourth grader wants to take feedback. But the fact is that sometimes you got to change, you got to do something differently to get different results. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is like being a dad. I don't think if you're a good dad and you discipline and you, and you, you give them the best information, not the hard information. I think there's always that, you know, that tension in the relationship with your kids where, you know, I don't, they, I, they love me, but I don't know if they really like me. <laughs> uh, no, well, I had that with my son. My, my younger son was a very good soccer player. And I remember one conversation with him where he was all, he was all pissed off and he didn't play well and he didn't play that much. And normally I'm pretty supportive with him, but in the case of this game, I'm like, you don't deserve to be frustrated. I saw what you did and what you didn't do over the past week or two. I saw your practices. You didn't practice that well, and this is just what happens. And he didn't want to hear it, but it was the truth. You know, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you want to, you gotta practice the way you want to play. And if you don't do that, don't be surprised when games don't necessarily go well. Yeah, and then David Ardsma started throwing. Um med balls at me one time I was being really critical of him and so watching him at the time 35 years old grown man throwing made right. med balls at me I realized like I, 
he's treating me like I'm his dad. Like, I mean, the point is like, that's what we're doing. Like we're dealing with our, our crap, you know, we're making them deal with their crap. Like that's the, a lot of guys, sometimes they know what's wrong with them. They just don't want to deal with it. And we're saying, you know what, I'll take that responsibility. I'll deal with your shit. Like here, here it is. No. And that's, and I think that's some of what's going on. Some of what's going on with passing was I was telling him stuff that he didn't want to hear. And I'm telling, you know, people want, I had an interesting revelation the other day. I was talking to some radio guys, and I think some of it is is these parents know that the stuff that they're teaching their kids is problematic, but they don't want their kid to get left behind. So they, they don't like me for telling them what they already know. And I'm constantly kind of reminding them, this is, you know, this is problematic. I know you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but you know, the Joneses are probably going to have elbow problems and your kid very well may. And people don't want to hear that. Yeah. Have you ever seen this? I think it's a good contrast. You've seen the movie Whiplash? No, I haven't. No, it's the one about it's the guy who plays the lead is in the all state commercials. The ball guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he plays this piano teacher in New York, supposed to be a true story who, I mean, it's, it's an extreme, like this teacher would literally physically make these guys practice jazz until their knuckles bled as drummers. Like he, he pushed them like well past their limits, but he supposedly had an insane legacy of talent. And this last student like started to complain and got him fired. And then the student like was still just intrigued by what the teacher was able to get him to do so that he started following the teacher around town who the teacher was still playing jazz around New York city. And he started following him around and then, and the teacher was, he talked to the teacher and the teacher was being cool with him. So he was like, Oh, well, maybe he's over it. But the teacher wasn't, the teacher knew it was him. <laughs> and the kid asked if he could play in his band. And he's like, sure. And then the moment he stepped in his band, he started doing it to him again. Right. And it's prices and it, but it really paints that, mentor student relationship it's it's not really i mean i don't think it should be that extreme but it's not really a great relationship because it's not all cookies and ice cream which like we said a lot of these millennials want it's it's dealing with your crap like to make you better yeah reality you know reality reality is all you got you know and it's it's a craft it's a skill and it has to be honed and i understand these guys at the big league level has a crap ton of pressure that i've never experienced i get that Right. And, and I, you know, they can melt down on me and lose their crap on me. I'll, I'll still, you know, respect them enough. I get it. You're going to break every now and then. But to take it to the point where you're like, you want to take someone down for doing it. Right. I just, that's where it's malicious, you know? Oh, no, I, I absolutely understand that. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a cultural, it's a cultural thing and it could cause, it can cause real problems. I've experienced it myself and I, you know, I feel bad for you that you're experiencing it. Cause I know, I, I know very much what it's like and it would be, you know, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation and I think you're trying to, to help people, uh, yeah, I think, I think wrong with making with money in the, in the meantime, but you know, I don't know why people have to lash out at us. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I want to, I'm going to use the opportunity to educate us and maybe we can come to terms and maybe this helps the industry for the better because I think this is an industry issue, don't you think? No, absolutely. It's, you know, you got a bunch of passionate people and passionate people are going to push the limits and we need some help in terms of 
defining what the limits are and you know and, and and we need some explicit definitions of the limits and not just implicit ones although from a legal standpoint sometimes not enforcing something can is is an, an, an in fact an, mm-hmm. an action but you know i'm not a lawyer i don't know i just and hope I they don't kick the can on this you know yeah no absolutely it's it's something that i think can help and will help and is helping grow the game and it it, it needs to be addressed all right well i'm gonna end it on that any last words for yourself or you like to say to the industry about all this or i i think you're fighting the good fight and you know ultimately what's best for kids and for players is using the best players and using major league players as an example and that's that's what we need is we need the ability to do that you know with some definition of what's allowable and not but you know let us let us do our job help us do our job so how can they find you uh, I'm the, at the pain guy on Twitter or chrisleary.com. You can just Google me and hit my website. Well, thanks. But you're you're fighting the good fight. You know, I'm 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 thinking about you all the time. It's an important fight. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. This is awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm glad we finally did this. No, good. Thank you. 